All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Riser of Entrepreneur. We're here with the top producer of 2022 from Axelite, Leonardo Gutierrez. Leo, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you. We know how busy you are. You know, welcome and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Yes, thank you so much, Albert, for that introduction. It is a pleasure to be here. Again, uh, for the audience, my name is Leonardo Gutierrez. I am 21 years old. I am the top producer in Axley in 2022. Uh, Just to give you a little bit of a background, uh, I started the company in April of 2021. Um, Under many leadership, um, I was introduced from the opportunity from Taco Bell. And, you know, I've been with the company ever since and I've been loving it. What got you into sales? I mean, you work from you work at Taco Bell. And obviously, you know, in Taco Bell, there's not much selling going on. People already right. come in. They know what they want. Um, you make the food or you actually take their order. Yeah. So what got you interested in sales? That's a good, that's a really good question. I mean, for me personally, when I was, you know, working at Taco Bell, I really did, did really feel unfulfilled in what I was doing. You know, I hated everything I did on a, on a day-to-day basis. Like every single day, I would literally tell myself, Dude, I want a new job. I want to do something different. There's got to be something better than what I was doing. And, you know, what really interested me about sales was just the ability to have, you know, an uncapped income. You know, you're not going to have a salary, right? You can make as much money as you want, right? You, okay. you, you're focused more on sweat equity rather than on hours that you actually work. And, you know, what, what interests me about sales is just the ability to be able to influence and persuade individuals to be able to do something in a way that would benefit you and them at the same exact time. So that's what really got me into sales. Okay. Now, you're, you're working at Taco Bell. You're saying, hey, I hate what I'm doing. I deserve of more. I'm unfulfilled. I want things to happen for me. How long is this attitude going on? I mean, is this going on for a week? Is this going on for a day? Is this going on for a month? And how soon did the blessing of being introduced to Axelite or to sales happen? Right. So for me, it was just a it was just a day to day basis. You know, what I mean, like coming in the morning, you know, talking to customers over the drive through and just realizing the the just what I'm doing, which is not serving me. I mean, every single day I would think about it on my mind is like, dude, I could be doing so much more. You know, I mean, my, my family, they came from, you know, a third world country. They came from Mexico, El Salvador. My family crossed the country and got here, and now I'm over here working at Taco Bell. It's like my, my family didn't sacrifice, yep. you know, all these things. My family didn't sacrifice leaving their family right. where they were at just for me to work at Taco Bell. Right. So that's what really, really pushed me. What word would you use if you had to describe the moment of your life? Like, did you hate your life? Did you dislike your life? I'd say there's a lot of range of emotions that were going on, but I'd say the one word that I really felt throughout my time was just, just, you know, anger and hatred, right? Because I hated the fact that me as a, as a 19 year old kid at the time was just doing what I was doing. I mean, I hated the fact that, you know, people at my age group were going to school, they were going to university, um, they were having fun with, fun, fun with their friends and stuff. And I was just sitting there doing nothing. You know what I mean? working paycheck to paycheck, making $400 a week. And it just, I just felt fully unfulfilled. Like there was so much more that I could have been doing and I just wasn't doing it. Hate is a product of an unfulfilled life. So you're telling me this is the feeling that you felt. 
because you knew you could be more, you wanted to be more. What was stopping you from becoming more? I'd say just overall complacency, right? Um, you know, I was looking at other jobs, but, you know, I never really went out of my way to figure out, okay, what career can I get myself into, right? And, and luckily with the opportunity with Axe, it kind of just fell on my lap. Yep. It was like, hey, you know what I mean? You could work in sales. You know what I mean, I didn't know sales was even a thing prior when I was working at Taco Bell. I didn't know that you could be able to make as much money as you yep. want, you know, work under great leadership, work with people that are fantastic to work with. And I never knew that. Mm-hmm. And what really got me to that point was just, you know, the opportunity that we have here at Axe. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a young father. At the time of you working at Taco Bell, you were already a dad. Yes. So by the age of before I turned 20, after I turned 20, um, my kid was born on September. And, you know, that moment in my life really changed me because, you know, before I had the kid, the kid was announced. I was just living day by day. I mean, like I was living comfortable with my mom. She was taking care of everything for me. And I didn't really have much to do. But, you know, once the reality came across that I was having a kid and I was I was going to be a father that's when re- things really changed for me. And that's when I started to realize that, you know, I should be doing more because okay. if I can barely take care of myself, how am I supposed to take care of somebody else? Okay. You know, feed somebody else's mouth. So it was just like for me personally, like having a kid and being in the moment that I had in my life was just perfect for, for what was coming for me. Okay. And knowing that you work at Taco Bell, knowing that you have a son on the way and being that guy that was unfulfilled, what needed to happen in your mind to be able to say, okay, I need to snap out of this complacency. I need to stop being comfortable. I need to stop doing the things that I'm doing to be able to create a better life for me and my family. Right. I mean, what really, really hit the the nail in the coffin was when I met individuals that were my age that were doing so well for themselves. Like, when I looked at my bank account and I saw only about four to five hundred dollars and I met individuals like the people we work with now that are making five to six to ten K a month, fifteen K a month, and these guys were around my same age, that's when it really hit me as like, dude, like these guys have all this money, they're making all this money, they're they're well dressed gentlemen and, and they're just the same age as you. They they came back from the same background as you. Many, many people from many immigrant families in this company, many immigrant people in entrepreneurship that had families that came from, you know, a different country that are doing the same, that were, that they're the same age as me, same type of people as me, but doing way better than I was. Right. When that realization happened to me, I was like, dude, you got to wake up. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. You know, so many young people, they go throughout the entire life. Okay. Just living day by day. Right. And they get so comfortable. They do the same thing over and over again. They have a routine that's unhealthy and it's negative and produces zero results that they want. And that's why I tell people all the time, you know, if you're not aware, then you're not going to realize that complacency is the silent killer of all your dreams. Yes. Because the longer you stay in that spot, the longer you stay being complacent, Okay, the harder it will become for you to get out. Okay, so how long were you complacent for? I'd say from the moment I turned 18 years old till I was uh, I was uh, ending of my 19th year. 
you know, it, it took me like a good year and a year and a half of, of just working day by day, um, you know, hour by hour, shift by shift to, to really have that wake up call. And, and, and it told me like, dude, you got to just stop being complacent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm never going to be able to achieve any of the dreams I wanted to have in my life yep. by, by, by staying at the same place that I was yep. for sure. Now at 18 years old, right? Most people graduate high school. Some people are off to college. Some people, you know, they go to military. You're 18 years old. What, right. what, what's going through your mind? So what are you going to be doing? Yeah. I mean, at that time, I remember we were having like, like job fairs mm-hmm. and, you know, people would come in and show different, you know, things that you could be able to do. Like I saw like surgeons, doctors, you know, the military, the C, uh, the, the Navy and all these things. And, you know, as I was walking through that aisle of, of the gym of, of everything, I just, I just couldn't find anything that was for me. There was nothing there that seemed fulfilling for me, seemed like it was my path. And at that time, when I, when I, when I turned 18 and I graduated, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like I was, I was lost. I was, you know, in a sense of just, I was scared because it's like, dude, I'm about to, you know, become an adult and I just, I have no game plan. You know, just to, just to bring it back, it was like, I remember like people in my high school will post them about getting them accepted to college mm-hmm. and I didn't even apply to one single college. Wow. So like that for me was like, dude, like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying it was like a wake up call for me too. Understood. Now, do you think if Axlead came to you at that moment when you are 18, when you're seeing so many opportunities, so many different things, and you're feeling nothing is fulfilling? Right. Do you think if Axlead showed up at that moment that you would have said no to it as well? If I was in that moment, I don't think I would have said no. Mm-hmm. However, I am glad that it didn't come to me at that point. Because I feel like what I went through from that 18 to 19, you know, having the baby announced and and going through the motions of actually having a job really kind of set me up to work at Axley perfectly. Because when you guys broke it down to me, what's the difference between having a job and having an opportunity, being self-employed, being a business owner? Since I went through that phase of being being, you know, working at a job being an employee, it helped me appreciate and really take advantage of the opportunity that we here have at Axley. So at that time, I would have taken it. Mm-hmm. However, the results, I don't think I would have been the same as it is right now, for sure. Now, we have a lot of viewers and even people in this company yeah. um, that are young fathers yeah. or maybe expecting to become a father, Okay you becoming a father at 18 years old, what advice would you give to somebody who's right now maybe stressing out? Maybe they're worried. Maybe they're struggling and they don't know what to do because they've never been a father before. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to, you know, creating a baby and having a baby, it's all about a partnership, right? You know, the person that you're going to be sharing that baby with, you guys have to make sure that you guys are both on the same page at all times. Mm-hmm. You guys have to both make sure you guys are singing the same song, that you guys are going to be there for each other. Because I can guarantee you, it, it will be hard. It will be hard. Those nights where the baby won't sleep for hours, the baby needs a bottle every two hours, it's going to be hard. You know what I'm saying? But 
as long as you have that that partnership with your partner and mm-hmm. and you guys both take it serious. I mean, you, know, you guys don't have to date, but if you guys co-parent, if you guys have that agreement, like, hey, I'm gonna be there for you on these days, and I'm I'm gonna be, you're gonna be there for me on these days. This is my schedule. This is your schedule. Let's make a schedule that works together. Yep. You know, if you have that conversation, and you have and you act like as an adult, right, and you work it out, having a baby will be seamless. Yeah. Right. It, it wouldn't be a problem. You're the the years are gonna fly by. The baby's gonna get older. And you're just going to start to appreciate life a lot more as long as you set yourself up correctly. For right. sure. You have to. Have right. to. There's so many people, um, especially kids, that get damaged. Right. You know, and when I say damaged, they get damaged mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And the reason why they get damaged is because, you know, the people that created the baby, right, the parents that created the, pa- uh, the baby, they're not on the same page. Right. They're not singing the same song. And because of their ego, because of their pride, because of their emotions and feelings, they want to prove a point, right? right? And they fight within each other instead of co-parent. They go against each other instead of supporting the child. Right. Now, the child did not ask to come to this world, right? It was brought to this world. Right. And a lot of times, instead of putting the child first and making sure that they have the proper support, love, and family, right? Right. Instead, we put our needs first. Yeah. Okay. How do you find, you know, patience or how do you find, you know, solutions when you and your partner have to be on the same page? Right. So the best thing I could be able to say is you have to go ahead and just sit down and really break it down. Right. You know, where does the issue lie? Right. Where does the issue come from? And you have to go ahead and analyze it and figure out what exactly could be able to be done at that moment. Yep. Right. And you honestly, at the end of the day, you have to put emotion aside. Mm. You know, you got to think logically, like logically, how does this exactly work? How could we be able to fix this problem logically? Emotion aside. Right. Because if, if, if we thought off of emotion, there's a lot of different things that I would have done in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like if, I was having those rough moments in Axelite and emotionally I felt horrible. Yeah. Imagine if I quit. Exactly. Logically, it would have just, it would have been horrible. Right. So you have to take a look at it from a logical standpoint, like, okay, what could be done about this and how could we fix it? Right. Let's take emotion aside. Let's take personal grudges aside. What can we do to be able to fix this problem so that after that we can go ahead and deal with our emotion? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. What do people misunderstand about you the most? I feel like people under, misunderstand me when it comes to how I feel about them, how I kind of, how do I say it, how I feel about them and how I go ahead and, you know, take control of my life. I feel like a lot of people feel like as if, you know, I don't really like them or if I don't really care for them. But a lot of it is just my, my personality, just the way that, you know, I bring myself in. And a lot of that falls back on me. Right. Because I'm not too much of an outgoing person. I'm not the type of person, to, you know, take my hand out here. Here's some help. Yeah. Right. So that that falls back on me. I feel like a lot of people misunderstand me for somebody that yep. only wants it for myself. Right. But in reality, I want to be able to give it back to other individuals who truly want to have the things that I have, what you have and what many other partners in the company have as well. OK. And do you think it's a negative thing that they see you that way? It could be a negative thing. However, it does push aside a lot of the BS. 
right? A lot of the BS that, that comes across because, you know, from my personal experience with, with working in entrepreneurship and working in the company, you know, there's a lot of people that are just fakers. There's a lot of people that are not supposed to be here. There's a lot of people that are not supposed to be in that sort of industry. Yep. And it pushes away those people that, mm-hmm. that, that don't need to be around me. And I appreciate that a lot because, you know, that sort of, that sort of energy, that sort of environment could be able to take away from you yep. for sure. However, it does keep away some of the people that could need the help. Right. Right. That do need that support. That do need that one conversation that's able to push them through. You know, one thing you said, you said it's my personality. Right. Right. And a lot of people confused. Uh, maybe I don't like them. Maybe I don't want to interact with them. Right. Why care what those people think? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, one one good advice that you gave me one time was like, if if half of the room likes you, yep. right, that's a good thing, right? But if the other half of the room doesn't like you and yep. you think you're an asshole, that's also a good thing. Right. However, if everybody in the room doesn't like you, yep. you're an asshole. But if everybody in the room does like you, you are a people's pleaser. Right. So at the end of the day, People's opinion matter to a certain point, and it depends on the person that opinion is, right? Because, of course, somebody like you or maybe the founding partners in the company, I want you guys to be able to feel like you guys can come to me. Yep. That I I am somebody that's reliable. Right. I'm somebody that could be able to hold down the ship whenever you guys need. Right. So it depends on the the stature and the status of the person on what they hold and what they could be able to do, for sure. I think the most people confuse, you know, assumption right. with truly the result of action. Right. Right. If I come outside and I just slap you, right, that means I don't like you. Right. Right. That's one way of looking at it from a different perspective. But right. what if there was a bee on your face that was going to sting you and I was trying to help you? Right. So two people looking at the problem, right, from two different views, assume two different things. Right. And there's a very good quote that says, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. And I think what people need to do is that when they think that someone does not like them, go out there and ask them. Right. Hey, you know, I always wanted to introduce myself to you. I always wanted to have a conversation with you. I just had a feeling as if, you know, you were trying to avoid me. I had a right. feeling that you didn't want to talk to me. Is there something you don't like about me? Mm-hmm. Right? You got to be able to confront that person as an adult and have a conversation. Right. But you could spend your whole life, right, assuming that someone doesn't like you when in reality they couldn't wait to talk to you. Right. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. Okay. Leo, you made over $100,000 last year with an Axelite. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to give out an exact number. It was <laughs> yeah. over $100,000. Um, on top of that, you got bonuses at the end of the year. Talk to me about the level, the quality of life to go from working at Taco Bell and getting paid $24,000 a year to making over $100,000 a year. Yeah. What changed? What happened within a year of your life? And how has your life improved? Right. And that's a fantastic question. Thank you. To to answer your question, I mean, everything, everything and more. I mean, just your relationships, just to give you an example, like my parents, right? You know, my parents were always people that knew I could do more for myself. However, they wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. 
and just the relationships that I've been able to build because of the fact that I've been successful in my field has been amazing. You know I mean, I could be able to have a conversation with my mom. I could be able to have a conversation with my dad without a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My, when my family talks about me to the other family and my family, she's proud. Yeah. You know, she could be proud of my son is doing it. My right. son is doing it. Right. I'm saying, you know, for example, there's other people in their family. They're just not doing things that serve them, you know, smoking weed, doing drugs, yeah. partying on the weekend. And it's just like, as a parent, it's just, that's embarrassing to think about. Right. So I'm glad I'm able to set an example to my family and then they're able to have a fantastic conversation with other family. You know, when it comes to, you know, my living situation, I mean, I used to live in a basement at my mom's house. It was dark. It was moldy. And that's where I first started. You know what I'm saying? Like when I got into the opportunity, I was there, I would wake up and it's still, it's all, it's pitch black dark. And on top of me being tired, on top of me being exhausted from working, I was still able to get up and, now being able to live in an apartment that has lights, that has everything that I want, doesn't have mold, that is clean, it's just, it's, it's life-changing. And you live by yourself. Yes, I live with my, live with my girlfriend. And, and, your, and your son. Yeah, but I take care of everything, nice. right? Because just being able to do that now is just, it's, it's just life-changing. You're grateful, right? Right now, I drive a 2020 BMW 3 Series D30i, and being able to drive a luxury car, you know, buying it on my own. I didn't co-sign it. Being able to put a down payment on it and finance every month because my credit is good is, is a great feeling. I mean, you feel like a man, you feel like, you feel like you're, you are living the life that you're supposed to be living. And just like the quality of food I eat. Like now recently I started just buying food from Trader Joe's, you know, whole foods, foods that are a little bit more expensive, but I know I'm putting good into my body. You know what I mean? I'm not destroying my body. And all these different things have just really put me in a good position. Like, for example, I pay for life insurance. Every single month I pay for life insurance. And if something bad were to happen to me, I'm going to leave something for my son. There's exactly. going to be something that he's going to have, right? And, you know, all these things that, that have come to me is just, is just amazing. And I've been very grateful for it, 100%. I got two questions for you, yeah. right? One, when you were 18 years old working at Taco Bell, lost, confused, complacent. right. Did you pay for life insurance? No. Why? Is it because you didn't feel like your life was worth enough? Is it because you didn't have the information that made sense to you that you need to have life insurance? You know, what changed for you to say, you know what, I want to leave something behind. Right. I'm no longer living day by day. Right. I'm planning now for the future. Was it the result of your self-conception? What changed and allowed you to be able to gain the knowledge that most people don't have right? and be able to protect you and your family? Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it was just because I was very unaware of my lifestyle and the things I was doing, and I just didn't know what was going on in the real world. And and a lot of the big big factor was just because of Axe Elite. You know what I mean? Like people like you, the founding people of the company, when they really broke down to me pretty much, you know, what insurance policies I could have, you know, what investments I could be able to take, what I could be able to do with my money so that I make more money. And I mean, there's no company out there that wants to see your people win. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's amazing to think about how somebody that I didn't know prior wants me to leave money for my child. Yeah. And that goes to show how beautiful we have it here, actually. It's because, like, you guys are complete strangers to me, technically. Yes. 
Yeah. Right. I never met you guys before. Right. And, and now you guys are talking to me about wealth, how to build my, 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 my equity, how to be able to do things and protect my people. Right. And it's like, wow. It's like, what did, what did I do so well to be able to be in this position that I am today? So I want to say it goes out to you guys, you Thank guys you. giving me the information, putting me on the right track and, and helping me become a man. I feel like when I came into this opportunity, I was just a little kid that didn't know what they were doing. And I feel like the the mentorship, the guidance, the, um, you know, the ass rippings and everything just really just put me on the right track for sure. I think if we were to name this episode, it would be how to go from a boy to man, man. to top producer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, second question I have for you, which I know that it has a lot to do with you. and has a lot to do with your mindset is that when we go out, you know, and our company hosts a lot of luxury dinners, trips, I have never seen you have a drink in your hand. And you said something earlier that was, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing the things that don't serve them. Yeah. Okay. Here you are, you're young, where most people cannot wait on Thursday, Friday, Saturday to go out there and get wasted. Yeah. You don't drink. Where does this mindset come from? And how did you develop the discipline to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing? Right. I mean, it comes back to, you know, one story that was told to me one day. Yep. Um, you know, there was a, there was a, a father who was an alcoholic and then yep. he had two sons. Um, you know, the, their father was, you know, a good for nothing father, alcoholic, you know, beat the kids. They're just, it just wasn't a good father. One of the kids um, ended up becoming a very successful business owner, made multi multimillionaires, and they just been able to help out other people. And then the other kid was also an alcoholic that was homeless that didn't do anything. And then when somebody asked him, "Why are you in the position you are today?" It was like, and the answer was, "It was because of my alcoholic father." So, in my situation where I had an alcoholic father, I had a father that didn't do things that served him. I looked at it as a perspective of like, okay. Well, I could either be like him or be the opposite of him so that he could be able to look up to me and say, wow, I have such a great son. Wow. So I feel like my upbringing and what I went through as a child and the things I've experienced is what really changed me to then go ahead and have the mindset that I have right now. And a lot of it, it's because we just don't have any time to waste. I'm saying like you mentioned, you know, complacency is one of the biggest killers for dreams. Yeah. And those things like drinking, going out, partying, go to clubs, is just what creates complacency, right? That's what's going to kill you and stop you from going to where you want to be. Right. Because I have a lot of things I want to do in life, but those things right there is what's going to stop me from getting there. So that's where that mindset comes from, really. I appreciate you sharing that. That's yeah. you know, very personal and that's very powerful. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of people take the result of their environment and they make it their own rather than saying I want to be different from the environment that I grew up in yeah. so I appreciate you sharing that I want to go a couple steps back right? right? and I want to really understand something about you at 18 years old when Leonardo is complacent right? does he have dreams does he have goals to be quite frank I mean no I didn't have sort of a mindset where I had those dreams, right? Because I saw what I had now, you know what I'm saying? I saw, you know, my, my, my parents having a terrible relationship, 
I saw what my family had, you know, my family tree where we barely had anything. I didn't have that belief in my mind that I was made for more. You know, I didn't see farther than what I already had now. You know, I know I could have had, you know, an okay house, you know, a good wife and maybe a car, but I never know. I never realized that there was more to life than just being average, living the average life, doing the average nine to five. And with coming to the company and speaking to individuals who have that dream and then painted the dream for me, I was able to go ahead and embody it. And and I strive for it every single day. You know, during our book camp, we talk about self-conception a lot. And at that present moment, when you're 18 years old, your self-conception and your ideal self, they were not matching. Right. So how did you figure out to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to align my self-conception with my ideal self? Right. For me personally, it was just looking at the giants that are part of the industry. When I saw yourself and your story when you were in a refugee camp, you came from Armenia and all these things. It was just when I saw that, that's when it really painted the picture for me. It's like, well, you know, to be funny, I mean, like I have better English. Yes. Right. I'm a little bit younger. Yeah. Right. So it's like for me personally, it was just like if he could do it and many others could do it, why can I do it? That's right. And then I just aligned it together. I truly believe that longer we hang out with people that are complacent, that are average, right. the longer we become like them. Yes. And what happens is that our vision, right. our ability to see greater things for ourselves, which is our ideal self, being able to have dreams, goals, paint a picture of living a luxurious right. life, being healthy, having money, you know, being free. Yeah become so blind, so foggy right. that we actually become so, I would say, disconnected from that story. We become so disconnected from that version of life that we could create for ourselves. Right. And then we become satisfied. Well, I got to wake up this morning. Right. Well, you know what? At least I have a job. Well, at least I'm living in a basement because some people are homeless. Right. So rather than being just grateful and unsatisfied, we become settled and satisfied. Right. Because the person who may be living in the basement, maybe comes from, you know, not having much, they should still be grateful. Right, for sure. But should never stay satisfied. Yeah, 100%. What's the best compliment you ever received? Best compliment I've ever received was, that's a really good question. I'd say the best com- the best compliment I've ever received and has actually helped me out a lot was just the um, the natural talent I started off with. I had a mentor um, by the name of Wasim Adad. You know, he was the top producer of 2021. You know, he was the top dog. Yep. He was the best person in the game at the moment. When he recognized the fact that I had a little bit of natural talent that could be utilized, and he told me, he's like, listen, man, like you have it. Like you have that voice, you could be able to do nice. it. When that, when he gave me that compliment, it was like he instilled that belief in me, where he was like, where once I heard that from the guy that was doing it, yep. I'm like, dude, it's like Michael Jordan telling me I'm I'm a good shooter, right? It was like Michael Jordan telling me I'm a good passer, I'm good at basketball, right? And once that once that sort of compliment was addressed to me, it was just life changing. 
And that's why, like, even now, whenever I speak to, you know, newer people that come in, people that ask me questions, you know, I always try to make sure that I'm a very uplifting person. Right. Right. I try to lift them up because you never know, you know, one thing you could say to one person can really yep. put them on the right path. One conversation could really change somebody's life. Yeah. I'll say this. I am very selective. Right. Of what I say and to whom I say it. Right. And it's because I have a very difficult time telling people something that's not true. So if I actually don't see someone being able to do well right. and they don't have the natural talent, I can't come up to you and say, man, you're going to do great. Right. I just can't do that. Yeah. Right. Because then I am actually limiting that person and I am actually stopping that person from growing and developing themselves because a lot of people think the compliments to their head. Yes. A lot of times you give somebody a compliment now they feel like, oh, you have a natural talent. Oh, so that means I don't have to practice. That means I don't have to role play. Yeah. That means now that I can have a big head. So I'm very selective with whom I say to something or what I say to someone because I don't want to give them a wrong message. Right. And a lot of times today, especially, we live in a world where everybody wants to feel good. Yes. Right. And nobody wants to hear the truth. Right. And I tell people all the time, I'm not a Willy Wonka. I don't sugarcoat shit. Right. And the reason why is because if I do find that person that does have the natural talent, right, and I am able to come up to them, look them in the eyes and say, you're going to be great. You're going to do fantastic. You're going to shake this industry. I want that person to know that I don't come up to everyone and say that yeah. because it came from my heart and yeah. I meant it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What would you say is your most favorite childhood memory? I definitely say many of my birthdays, you know, many times my family, you know, my family were, was a great family. You know I mean, besides the indifference when it comes to alcohol, mm -hmm. the bad relationship they had with each other, you know, when it was my day, you know, it was, they, they made sure that I felt special. I love that. I feel like when, when I was a kid and having the birthdays I was having, you know, it doesn't matter which one it was. They always just made sure that yep. I was happy, yep. and them making me feel like you know I'm their I'm their best kid. I'm their favorite son. Was what really instilled you know a good memory of what my childhood was. You know, yeah. a lot of times what our parents or family does to us, you know, it carries on yep. the good and the bad. Yeah, and I'll never forget this. You know, the first year that you were here. I think you started in April. Yeah. Okay, five months later, it's your son's birthday, and you called out. And you said, hey, I'm not coming in today, or I'm doing a half day, something like that. Yeah. Right? The following year, you said, I'm going to do a half day. And I remember I called you, and I said, no, you're not coming in. And you said, well, well why? And I said, well, because it's your son's birthday, and I want you to be able to spend the time with him. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Do you think that mindset comes from you feeling special on your birthday and you want your son to feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, personally, when it came to, you know, my son's birthday, I just want him to feel like like he's just the best kid in the world. Yeah. And I feel like what my parents did for me and always making sure that I had something was what really helped me become a better father. Yes. And, you know, at the time when you told me that, that I could take a day, you know, half a day off, I was very grateful because... I've had many birthdays where on my same exact, on the day I was born, they had to work. I mean, they had to work. Yeah. However, they gave me, you know, on the weekend when they're not working, a day that was for me. Yeah. 
So the fact that in this company, you know, as long as you have great communication, you could be able to take the day off. So it was just like, I was very grateful right. and I was very happy to be in the situation because it's like, dude, I got to spend time with my son. It's his birthday. Right. You didn't have to lie. You I didn't have to lie. To. Call, call out sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and th that to me does not make any sense. Yes. Yeah. You know, especially someone like you who comes in and always focus and always does what they need to do. Yeah. You know, you should be able to have the ability to right. do things for you and your family. I have a question for you. Yes. Right. And I've been wanting to ask you this. Okay. Because you and I talk a lot, but throughout our one-on-ones, throughout all this time, I never had opportunity to ask you this question. You drink Starbucks. Yes. Right? Did you always drink Starbucks? No. Right? <laughs> what happened? Because I noticed switch. Yeah. I noticed the switch up. You yeah. went from Dunkin' to Starbucks. Yeah. So what happened there? So... Prior, I was I always used to drink uh, Dunkin'. I used to get iced coffee, <laughs> caramel, usual, right? Just yeah. the, the cream and sugar, and you know the the, the coffee is great, right? But you know once you transition over to something that's better, it's like you can't go back. And, and the reason why I switched to Starbucks is like I saw many other individuals drinking, like yourself, yeah. other founding members, and you know I tried it for myself. I'm like, dude, wow, like this yeah. is <laughs> this is like this is the top tier and. Starbucks is expensive, you know. What I mean, I spent about, you know, roughly about six dollars a day max on on coffee. Yeah. You know that adds up over time. However, you know, I'm not really focused on the expense for it. You know, I get a lot more value out of it, right? It gets me wake up. I, I take two espressos. It gets me waked up. So it's just the value I get out of the coffee is what really, really made that transition for right. me. You said something very interesting, and I think a lot of listeners, viewers are going to ignore it. Yeah. But I want to bring that to light. So once you experience something great or something better, you can't go back to shit. Right. You didn't say it like that, but I made it a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, would you ever go back to being the 18-year-old Leo that's complacent? Never. Based on, based on what I've experienced, based on the conversations I had, based on the relationships, I never would. Uh, just to give you guys, like, for an example, like, the company, we had a, a trip that we went to Mexico. Yeah. And I actually won the competition for it. Yeah. And, you know, I went to the trip with my girlfriend just by ourselves as two adults. And me being in Mexico, being able, me being able to take a vacation and not have to pocket watch. Because what a lot of people do is they actually go on vacation. Yeah. And they're budgeting on vacation. That's not a vacation. No. <laughs> um, and that's just a getaway, you know what I mean? And I went out and I had a vacation. I mean, I bought... Um, some Gucci shoes. We went out to many different restaurants that are very expensive. We went out to many different. We even went on a cruise. We went on a bunch of things. And and being able to experience those sort of you know luxurious things is what really makes you realize that what you're doing on a day to day basis is worth it. Exactly. I mean the the company dinners we have where we went yeah. to, for example, I'll give you an example. You know, me and my friends used to go to Texas Roadhouse all the time, mm -hmm. right? And it's 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 good cheap steak, right? It's not like, too expensive. You're gonna spend like thirty dollars at, mo at most, right? And then when I work with you guys, and you guys introduce me to Max Downtown, Capital Grill, Flemings, Molos, yeah. Flemings, and when you eat that quality of steak, is like, dude, yeah, it's like, wow, this is fantastic. And being able working at a normal job, you can't you can't afford those sort of things, right? Or if you do, you do it once in a while. In a while. And yeah. you're stressing about it. Yes. You, know, you said it's not a vacation. 
Yeah, it's a stressation. Yes. Because you're walking around counting pennies, worrying about, oh my God, I have to say no to my wife. I have to say no to myself. Yeah. You know what? If I'm going to say yes to her, I have to say no to me. Right. And it's not fun. No. You, you want multiple trips here. Yes. You were in Puerto Rico. You went to Mexico. Right. Okay. If you could go anywhere else, where would you go? I say for sure Paris. Paris. Yeah. With my girlfriend. Wow. Like I really, really, really want to visit the Eiffel Tower with her. Nice. That's like always been my dream. Like as a kid. Selfie? Yeah, as a yeah, as a kid, like I always wanted to go to Paris. Nice. Right. Um, I always wanted to go to the Eiffel Tower. Yep. And it's just such a nice place over there. Like if if you know, if we get another competition like that, you know, you know where I'm going. I'm going City to City of <laughs> Love, right? Yeah. That's for sure where I want to go. Like Paris is is where I want to go. Perfect. I have one more question for you. Yeah. Okay. If you could share a cup of Starbucks right. with one figure, anyone in the world, right, and you had 30 minutes for them, who would it be and why? Is this excluding you? Excluding me and you have coffee all the okay. time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Anyone in the world? I definitely say, I definitely say David Goggins. David Goggins. Yes. The reason why I say that is because David Goggins is real. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I remember one time he posted a video talking about how when he was younger, he had a lot of issues with getting up and going to the gym, getting up, doing things. And at the end of the day, what he called it, he was just like, I was just being a bitch. Yeah. And yep. I love people that are real. I love that, that the reality of things, the reality is this is what it is. Right. And the fact that he's so real. Man, I just it just gets it gets me going, dude. You know, it's a funny story. I had an opportunity to be coached by his roommate, yeah. Jesse Itzler. Yeah. You know, Jesse opened his house to David Goggins. Yeah. And he lived with him. And there's a book that talks about living with the Marine. And you know, one thing Jesse Itzler said is that David Goggins is a one bad motherfucker. Yeah. That this guy is no joke. Yeah. That he always pushed him. He's like, today, every day, we got to do something that makes us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Something that gives us pain. I mean, that type of, you know, mindset to constantly be in an uncomfortable position, right? Imagine you live with that mindset. You yeah. would never be the 18-year-old Leo working Taco Bell. Yeah. Because as soon as you felt that uncomfortability, you're like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I got comfortable. Right, so I definitely know why you would want to meet with him. Yeah, he has an amazing book out. He has a lot of principles, and he is definitely a real deal. Yes, for sure. Leo, again, thank you so much for coming on the yes. show. Right, this is the rise of an entrepreneur, and you are rising. You are succeeding. Will we see you become a top producer of twenty twenty three? Yes, it's guaranteed. I'm right. pushing for it every single day. Awesome. Thank you so much, and good yes. luck. Thank you.